we have that the only solution for the cities are the public transportation. Otherwise, uh, we'll have uh, thousands of cars, so it's the only sustainable transportation that uh, is the solution of the big cities. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged. Today, we're in-depth in Brazil with Tula Vanderamatos, who is president of ATP Group, CEO of ETC, and a lot of other stuff that you're going to tell us about today. Thank you so much for being our guest today on the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So we are recording this live at the NTU conference in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, where there are hundreds and hundreds of people here of transit leaders. Uh, and uh, I'm so excited to have you as one of our guests representing all of Brazil to our Transit Unplugged wow. audience. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so great to have you with us. Uh, first off, Tula, tell us a little about yourself. Okay. I'm about uh, 40 years in this business. We have a family company. My father started and he came from Greece and began uh, buying his first bus. And till he had 30 buses, he would do all the maintenance in the night and drive in the day. Oh, wow. So it was a hard path. And we inherited the company. And uh, my mother is the president that helped him in the beginning. And you're located in Porta Alegre, which is in the southern part of Brazil, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and... So did you get started in the business as a child? You brought your two grown children with you today. Are you getting them in the business? Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and did you start as a child? Did your mom and dad have you in the business? I started with 16, and by 19, I had big responsibilities in the business. Wow. And so what's happened since then? Tell us about where your company's grown and what you do now. Well, at that time, uh, people, no, nobody would think about a woman in this business. It was only men. And then uh, I had my father that had, uh, it was very ahead of his time, and my mother also. And then uh, I was practicing uh, medicine in the uni federal university, and there was a strike, and I asked my father in the breakfast, is there anything to do in the company? And he said, talk to your uncle. And then... Uh, I began, and since there, I constructed a career all in transportation. Wow. And so tell me about your company now, your company, VTC. Okay. It's a company we've had uh, 134 buses. Okay. And after the pandemic, we are 80% what, of what we had before. Yes, that's happened to a lot of companies, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, here in Brazil, we have five people per bus because uh, oh, the transportation is uh, much bigger than uh, the individual transportation. So we have... Uh, Thousands of people that are transporting by buses. Yes. In the south part of Brazil, you also do some other stuff. Tell us about your your part of the National Association. Tell us some of that when you do. Well, uh, I always uh, thought uh, bigger and uh, did many 
graduations and also a, a negotiation course in Harvard. And then uh, uh, I had the chance to have a leadership in this field. And then I began in the consortium that that's a union of companies. I was re-elected for the third time to be the president of the association and the union of the companies that represents uh, represent the companies uh, with the workers. Okay. And how many uh, bus companies are there in your city? 11 private and one public. Okay. And so for our listeners around the world, in Brazil, public transportation is not normally run by the government. It's normally run by private companies, right? Yes. But regulated by the government. Yes, yes. perfect. And, and so in your state, or in your city of Porto Alegre, there's 11 companies in the city and they have a union or association, and you're the president of it. Yes, and okay. uh, there are no, not any more public companies, and this one is the last one, and uh, is going to be pri privatized this year. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so who runs it now, the city? The city government runs that one company? Yes. Uh, and yes. they're going to privatize it? They're going to outsource yes, it? Yes, because the costs are... 40% more than the private ones. Is that right? Yes. 40% savings if you have a private company run it. Yes. And the quality is still just as good or better, right? Uh, the safety, the on-time performance. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the private are more competent in this field. Right. So let's talk about your association, your union a little bit. So there's 11 companies. And how does it work? Does like the the presidents or the CEOs all meet on a monthly basis and talk about what's happening and vote on things? Or I'm not really familiar with it. So to explain to me how the association works. Sure. Yeah. We have a board council. I'm, I'm the president. And uh, one of uh, each region of the city because we are in consortiums. And then uh, with the pandemic, we've had lots of decisions to do to survive. And then we are meeting regularly uh, once a week. Once a week, wow. And then I maintain then informed about everything that's happening. And so our decision is very fast and we are all in the same page. And then we do these meetings online and also the technician, the engine, the transportation engineers uh, meet twice uh, a week with the ticketing technicians. And then we have uh, all the strategy of the sector uh, in this association. Okay. Do you have, um, when you say ticketing, if somebody buys a ticket, can they use it for all your bus companies? Or is it individual just for your company? I got to buy another one for the other company. It's for the whole, whole city. And uh, there is integration also. That's if, good. And yeah. so if, if you get uh, two buses or more, you have, uh, you pay less uh, right. price. Do you all buy other things together like fuel or insurance? Do you combine and integrate those or does everybody buy their own fuel or insurance? Uh, basically, what's inside the company uh, is ruled uh, for the company and what is outside we control. And so we do all the deals with the public uh, administration. Oh, with the government. Yes. Let me ask you one more question about your association, your, your union. Or sure. Company. Is there a national 
union of all these yes, uh, Tell me yes, about that. Yes, and there is where we are here. Oh, okay. That's what this is all about. Is all about. This conference. Uh, NTU is the NTU, National Transportation of Unions. Yes. Oh. So NTU once a year do a big fair and uh, with all the... the All the unions. The, con the companies. Con the Congress that I told you. Oh, and, yes. And then uh, this association, National Association, have a very important paper in, in our system. And, and they do uh, uh, the relation with the national uh, senator. The government. The, all the government. Yes. Yes. So you're this big NTU, your big association, they work closely with the national government? Sure. Yeah, and that's why you got the Speaker of the House of Representatives to come in and speak here. Huh? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's great. And you work with the, the president and all those people, too, to try to make sure that they're supporting public transportation. So how do you make money as, a, uh, as an operator? Just from the fare box? Maybe some advertising? Uh, no, we have a fare, but now after the pandemic... And uh, the people, the clients were less because of the pandemic time. Right. And then uh, we are migrating for uh, a kilometer cost. We are going to be, to be paid by kilometer. By the government? Yes. And okay. then uh, now we have subsidy. For the first time since the pandemic? Uh, in Porto Alegre, yes. Yes. Is the city doing it? Is the city subsidizing? Yes, okay. yes. The public transportation, the urban, is the responsibility of the uh, city hall. Okay, very good. What about the national government? I understand that at this conference, the Speaker of the Assembly came and said they're going to try to put some money in from the federal government? Yes, uh, began in last year. Uh, here, the elder people uh, above six, 60 they have the right to to go to the buses without paying. Right. This is in our constitution. And then now they are taking this responsibility and paying for uh, the the for the elder people. Okay. So it's the first time that our federal government helping the cities because the cost uh, now is too high now that we have the apps of mobility, right. like Uber, and then uh, uh, there are less people taking the bus. These companies are family companies and began uh, with the fathers or the grandfathers. We just do transportation, public transportation. Yes. Is our life mission. Gotcha. That's yes, good. so we are not investors. And then oh, that's good. we have yeah. uh, public transportation in our veins. Where do you see public transportation going? Do you think you're going to be able to pick back up the ridership from the pre-pandemic? Or you said you're, you, are you about 80% of what you were before the pandemic? Yes, uh, many things happened. And also uh, the online is a reality, much bigger than than was before. Yes. And then for the other side, we have that the only solution for the cities are the public transportation. Otherwise, uh, we'll have uh, thousands of cars uh, in the middle of, of right. a big traffic. Right. So it's the only sustainable transportation that uh, 
is the solution of the big cities. But Metro, trains, and buses. We have a very interesting system that is uh, uh, well known in all the world. Okay. And we have a technology that we developed with uh, rapid lines just for buses and this Brazilian uh, technology, and we call BRT. BRT, yeah. Tell me more about that, because we don't have a lot of that in America. We need to learn from you in Latin America yes, how to do that right. Yes, it's like the express lines for cars yes. in the United States. Yes, you have your own States. lane, right? Yes, we have for the buses, and uh, it's a closed system that uh, the passengers go through and uh, go to the bus station, and uh, they have uh, a very large buses with uh, a high, cap uh, high capacity. capacity. And then they are in an exclusive line. And then the cars are all stopped in the, a big traffic and the bus is just flying. <laughs> so by this system, uh, we can have 40 kilometers per hour uh, the bus is circulating. Oh, they can go very fast when the traffic... Yes. Yeah. So I was in, uh, I'm, I'm headed tomorrow and I was already in for a little bit down to uh, another big city here in the country. And a friend of mine told me it was two hours in the traffic getting from the airport to his hotel. Uh, Jaime told me that. And, but uh, you're saying that when you ride the BRT, you can go right past all that traffic, yes, right? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see. And you have that in most cities here in Brazil? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Is uh, all the big cities have this system? And it works very well. And uh, the passengers, the clients love because they are not in, under the earth. And they can see all the city and the buses have large windows. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they are a priority. So uh, the people that go with buses can go faster and, uh, and uh, is, they have priority because... Uh, about there, there are more more people uh, using the system that than in the cars. Really, more people ride public transit than are in the cars in your cities. Yes, that's amazing. And and uh, we use uh, less space in in the streets and avenues. Right, there's and more so, more lanes for the cars, but you've got more people yes. actually riding transit. Yes, so. We see that in America, New York was the first to plan the city in this way. And now we have a, a, a better city for the people. That's wonderful. Yeah, BRT. And they do that in a lot of Latin America. I know in Colombia, they use BRT a lot. It makes sense, doesn't it? You don't have to pay for the heavy rail, but you've got buses coming every few minutes. Yes. Yeah. The city is more uh, friendly and more sustainable using this system. And even in U.S., uh, in other cities, uh, is the way they are thinking to solve the problems. So, so do you work with the government a lot, you, since yes. you're the president? And so do you, do you have a mayor there? Do you work with the mayor of your city, yes, city hall? Yes, yeah. a lot. And um, uh, is it a good relationship? You know, all the beginnings uh, with, with a new mayor is a kind of traumatic because they don't know the, the, the business and they have a hard time to understand. And also that now uh, the 
City Hall needs to to subsidize. Uh, we have some. Uh, the first year is more complicated, but after they understand, uh, we have a nice relationship, and they are very happy with the quality of our service and the population uh, in the in the search they make. Uh, uh, give a good note for us. How do you all decide on who gets which routes? So, you know, you have all these different companies and you have all these routes. Is it just historical? Whoever had them keeps them? Or do you bid on routes? Or how does that work? Okay, there was a time that we took a picture of uh, uh, what size each one had in in the whole city. And uh, and then we we are not about the lines that uh, we transport. We are about the percentage that uh, of, kilo- okay. of kilometers that we ride. Ah. And then we did. Uh, uh, it's much easier to make a, a good planning of the lines uh, if we are in this system. I gotcha. So what uh, you work with Julian uh, and the folks at Satachi. Uh, what do you do with them? What did they provide for you? When we choose Hitachi, because uh, they are ahead in technology in our country, in Porto Alegre, we call GPS system. And then uh, there is an app, and the people can say where they go, and then indicates with buses and station they should take to get there. And then we have another one that they go to the bus station and they know for fact and works very nice in what minute uh, his bus is going to pass. And that's the Satachi technology does that? Yes. That's good. We have a big support and uh, we work together and uh, we develop together and they're very open for the suggestions. And so we are very happy with the partnership. Where do you see public transportation going in the future? Let's say in the next five years. Is there any new innovations that you'll be doing? Yes, yes. The technology is a big alliance for the public transportation and allow us to do everything better and to do better for our clients. And so in Porto Alegre, we are uh, just about to improve. And in the next year, who wants to ride a bus is going to enter in the local system that's called Tree. And then he have all the options he needs. If he wants to buy one ticket, ticket, if he wants the card, we are going to provide to to the address that they want and uh, and there they have the lines the programmation of the lines if they forget something in the bus and uh, and the real time information we will have all in the same app yes very good well thank you Tola for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged I think you shed a great light on all the good things happening here in Brazil and in your particular area down there in uh, Porto Alegre in uh, the south of Brazil. This was wonderful. Thank you, Paul. I learned a lot of you also. Thank you. Hi, I'm Alea Kiri, a communications consultant who loves working with public transit agencies. Today, I'm continuing our short series about the communications tactics you have at your disposal and that you don't pay for. 
Last time we covered website basics, so now let's turn to newsletters. You very likely got an emailed newsletter. Most transit organizations have newsletters they send out monthly or quarterly. But did you ever wonder if you were getting as many newsletter readers as you could? How can you optimize your newsletter to get the maximum number of people to open it? Let's start with the low-hanging fruit, your mailing list. Are you sure you have a clean and accurate list that really consists of people who want your news? Clean your mailing list once a year. Look for email addresses that regularly bounce or those that mark your email as spam and remove them from your list. Then look at open rates and consider moving the people who don't open your mail often to another list where you might offer them an incentive to open your newsletter or experiment with something like subject lines. And about those subject lines, the content key to getting people to click open on an email is to make it appealing in the subject line. Keep your subject line short, consider posing questions that make readers curious about what's inside, and don't be afraid to throw in the occasional emoji to make your subject line stand out. Finally, reward the people who open your email with interesting, well-written, and well-laid-out content. Your sentences should be short and intriguing, and written content should be separated by lots of white space and images. When possible and relevant, link to your blog, which, as it happens, is the topic of next time's segment. If you'd like to talk more about making readers love your email newsletter or anything else related to communications and public transit, look me up on LinkedIn. My first name is spelled E-L-E-A, last name C-A-R-E-Y. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged with our special guest, Tula Vandramatos. Now, coming up next week, we have a really special reunion episode. Paul is chatting with three of his former colleagues from Yellow Transportation, Peggy Mayer, John Duncan, and Jeff Barnett. Now, Yellow Transportation eventually would become TransDev, now the world's largest contract transit operator. Join Paul and his friends for reminiscing and stories about how Yellow Transportation became the company that it is and how these people influenced each other's careers throughout their lives. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at info at transitunplugged.com. While you're listening, do us a favor. Please rate and review Transit Unplugged in your favorite podcast app. Leaving a rating or a review helps other people find Transit Unplugged and become part of our transit evangelist community. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.